This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello? Honey, <laughs> I'm at the mall now and I found this beautiful leather coat. It's only a thousand. Can I get it? Well, sure, if you like it that much. Okay, um, I also stopped by the Mercedes dealership and saw the new model. You know, the one I really like. How liked. much? 120. Well, at that price, I want it with all the options. Great! Oh! And, and one more thing, the house we wanted last year is back on the market. They're, they're asking 1.5. We'll make them an offer. But come in at uh, 1.4. <laughs> okay. I love you, baby. I love you, too. Okay, bye. Um, does anybody know whose phone this is? from Joe's mom's basement, it's The Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and are you ready to hitch your financial wagon to someone else? What do you need to look out for? Today, let's talk about tips for knowing who to trust and setting up boundaries from the beginning. Here to join the discussion is a man who knows a thing or two about financial freedom, CFP Mark Trotman. Plus, the boat anchor of this group, a man who brings common sense and calm to this panel, it's Popeye the Sailor Man. Nah, he's OD'd on spinach again. All we got is Lenpenzo. And our panel regular who is anything but regular, the amazing Paulette Perhatch. But that's not all. Halfway through the show, I'll share my conscious coupling trivia question. I don't even know what that means. And now, a guy who has zero boundaries, it's Joe Salcihai. Hey there, stackers, and so happy to welcome you to the weekend. I'm Joe Salcihai, as Doug, you just uh, so eloquently said. Did my voice crack as I came in there? Because it felt like my voice cracked. No? Puberty nope. finally hitting. It's about time, Paul. It's it's finally here. Thank goodness <laughs> that I we got here. About it. <laughs> Just in time for us to talk about sharing 
And maybe that was oversharing right there with my voice cracking. However, we got a great show. We got a fantastic panel. If you're new to our Friday show, this is where we take a topic that's been in either the popular press or on a popular financial blog and we discuss it. Generally, it's not our hardest hitting show of the week and there won't be a lot of tips per minute if you're one of those uh, money geeks with the spreadsheet out waiting for that. However, it's great surround sound. I really enjoy talking money with, uh, you know, think about it like you're at lunch with a bunch of smart money friends and then you got the right idea for what we're going to do today. Let's meet our ultra smart panel and we'll start deep under Los Angeles where my friend Len Penzo is in his bunker to join us. How are you, man? I am great. I'm glad we're talking about the uh, sharing today. Did, did I tell you about my two uh, female friends who uh, they, they shared IDs? Did I tell you about that? No. Yeah, Sharon is Karen. <laughs> Sharon is Karen. So, oh, oh do, what do we? I guess that How didn't do pass we? The do we? Hold on, wait, wait. <laughs> it took me forever to find it, Len. Oh my gosh. Oh, on All that right. note, at least it was short. <laughs> <laughs> From uh, Northern Florida where she has to deal with Florida man when she's not dealing with Len's bad jokes. Paulette Perhatch is here. How are you? Doing great. And here, uh, just enjoying the winter as opposed to when I live in Seattle. <laughs> I'm like, being outside is nice. Well, for people not watching the video of us, you've got this beautiful inlaid fireplace behind you. But in Florida, how often does that thing turn on or does it not turn on? Uh, well, I'm not allowed to use it because this house was built in 1899, but you would use it approximately three days out of the year. I would think uh, the landlord doesn't want to get the my bad from Paulette. Sorry, I burned Oops. down the house. We did yeah. almost burn down the house a few weeks ago. So just a reminder to people to uh, check your smoke alarms because uh, literally I've never seen so much smoke in an indoor space. So just a little check. Bad cooking day? It was a bad cooking day for my roommate, my very tired roommate who fell asleep. She is from a country where they don't have smoke alarms. so She didn't know what was happening. And I just woke up at three in the morning house was the top half of the room was opaque with smoke in the oh, living no. room. So she got it. And I was like, is there a fire? She's like, no. I'm like, all right, I'm going back to bed. But yeah, we are, we're very lucky that, uh, that there was oh. not a fire. Yeah. 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 And the guy who's going to bring it like fire to this podcast, like, how do you, how do you, how do you what do a pivot. The what a pivot. <laughs> Our friend Mark Troutman for Mark's Money Mind is finally here. Dude, how are you? I'm doing awesome, Joe. How are you? Good. It's about time we finally got you here. I've known you now for, well, I've known you colloquially for a, a while, but we finally met, uh, what, a year and a half ago in San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. In San Diego. Yeah. Well, the mail is very slow here. So maybe that was the issue. That was it. Yes. It got lost nowhere. in the mail. <laughs> well, tell everybody about Mark's money mind and what you do. Uh, yeah. So I retired a bunch of years ago, about seven years ago now. And I just kind of started a blog that I just occasionally blog at. I think I blog a little bit more than Brandon, the mad scientist, but that's about it. I think he only blogs about, you know, once a year. So once a year, a couple, right. A couple of times a year. But uh, right now I just do like I teach a financial literacy class in the high school and uh, which is really where I have a lot of fun. And then um, just go to a bunch of Camp 5 events and see people and hang out in the community. That's pretty much what I do. What is the biggest aha that you find kids get when you're teaching them financial literacy and good financial habits? Well, you know, I, I do show them compounding and I tell them basically if you just, you know, invest in your Roth IRA from the start, you will 
likely become a millionaire with just doing that. And, and their eyes light up like, oh, I can be a millionaire. How do I do that? So that is something that does grab their attention. Uh, most of the other stuff about budgeting and tracking, that's not really as much of an interest as, um, you know, the whole compounding discussion goes. It's funny, Mark. We've had a guy, Gene Natale, on the show a couple times who's in Pittsburgh and teaches kids uh, financial literacy. He has a whole program he's worked on with Vanguard, and it's really exciting to talk to him. And he said the same thing. He said, when you talk to kids about debt, right, and stay out of debt, because every kid, when I used to go into high schools, it felt like every single kid had 50 questions about how do I get into debt up to my eyeballs before I'm able to afford it? Like that was the question. How do I afford a house? How do I afford a car? How do I afford all this? He said that the thing that really lights them up, though, was the Roth IRA. He said the Roth IRA gets people so excited and they forget about getting into debt because they're so busy trying to figure out how to get rich quick <laughs> or maybe slowly on the Roth IRA. So that's good to hear. Your your daughter took your class. Yes. Yeah, she was uh, second year. And then she went to Colorado State and took a different class? Well, actually, yeah. So I always... And this was after her experience. I always tell her that um, or tell the kids, you know, take a personal finance class in college, because if you listen in this class, you'll probably ace it. And she actually said that the class that I taught, you know, she learned, I don't want to say more, but as much as and therefore it was a fairly easy A. But it's good for them to kind of repeat what we talk about because they don't always remember everything. So it's good to hear it again. But I like how you warned her not to tell her uh, professor that my dad knows more about money than you do. Yeah. <laughs> probably probably would not adhere her to a college professor. No, she probably would have got a big fat D. <laughs> well, we got Mark Troutman here. We got Paulette Perhatch, Len Penzel bringing the jokes. Doug's here. You know what? We're going to do this topic, but I got another topic I got to talk to you all about first right now. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Well, you know what I think about Navy Federal? I think about the veterans that have done so much for our country. And I also think about some of our active service members. want to say a special shout out to uh, my nephews, Colin and Nathan, who are both in the Navy. Colin is stationed outside Seattle, Washington on a submarine. And my nephew, Nathan, is in South Africa as an air traffic controller. And in Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants you also to celebrate members, many of whom go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. It's all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their family are eligible for Navy Federal membership. They offer 24-7 help from their U.S.-based member service. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate to see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. Now, let's get into talking about sharing. 
Today, I want to riff off a piece uh, that was at CNBC.com. And this is written about two friends that I think uh, all of you have heard of, uh, two dudes named Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. It's from the Make It blog. This piece is written by Nicholas Vega. Uh, The headline is Ben Affleck and Matt Damon shared a bank account as teens. As long as one of us had money, they said, we knew the power wasn't going to get shut off. In fact, from the piece, I want to focus on this. They said that they had been friends in high school, and while they were in high school, they opened a checking account together as teenagers in the late 1980s as a way to help them chase their goals. A quote from Aflac was, it was unusual, but we needed the money for auditions, calling it a weird thing in retrospect. They also said because they were best friends trying to make it as actors, they were rooting for each other's success and felt comfortable sharing their money. I want to talk about sharing in a lot of different ways. First of all, this seems like, Paulette, this could be for somebody in high school or in college. Am I thinking about this wrong? This might be a superpower. Like, you don't have much money. Your friend doesn't have much money. The two of you might be able to pool your money and make some investments together that you wouldn't be able to make individually. You're rolling your eyes. You're like, I'm uh, rolling my eyes because I'm thinking about me in high school. Like, it would have been like, Paulette, we were sharing this bank account. Like, where'd the money go? <laughs> and be like, oh, sorry. Back to my bad. My bad. Yeah. I didn't quite get what the benefit was of having it pooled together. I think it's really special and I think it's so cute. I did not know that about them, that they were friends in high school and they were both trying to make it as actors. I mean, what are the chances that two people like that would both make it pretty much on the same level? Yeah. And amazingly like famous. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, it kind of reminds me, first of all, my friends and I had a super cool club when I was little and we collected dues. And we used it for our Nintendo party and had amazing snacks. So that was probably my first lesson in that, which did work very well. It did. And think about sweet snacks at that party. If you had taken the sweet snack money and the Nintendo money and invested it, maybe you would have been a billionaire, Paulette. Maybe. I mean, we were not that smart. As you were talking, though, about Affleck and uh, Damon, it does talk about this idea of you are the people you're around. You know, you are the group of people that you surround yourself with. I am so ready for that to happen. It's not even funny. And <laughs> I'm like, why am I not? Are you More saying like this group around. isn't enough? This group isn't. I, not I get, you, well, just, just the financially. I'm like, I yeah, see what you're saying. Make those big bucks. Mr. Penzel, let's go to you before we go to our guest, Mark. Do you like that idea for a high school or a college kid? We'll talk about maybe a little older uh, being something different, but maybe maybe give you a little bit extra oomph. You know, in Affleck and, and Damon's case, I think it actually made sense because I looked at it. At first, I thought that was stupid. But then when I when I thought more about it, actually, they were in business together at that point, I thought. So I looked at if you look at it, what those two were doing, it was really a business venture and they were each investing in each other. And I think they figured if one made it, they could pull up the other as well. So I think that's why it worked. But I think if you're a high school kid uh, and you want to get your buddy and you want to just say, hey, let's pool our resources, I think you better, they should be very careful about that, especially if one's a spender and one's a saver. I mean, I think the closest I would do to go to sharing anything would be maybe being roommates and saying, hey, let's go share an apartment. But Sharing finances? No, I don't think that's a good idea at all. But it's interesting. They tell people, Mark, that if you're going to make, you're going to make mistakes in business no matter what. So taking what Len said, that this is a business venture, get the mistake out of the way when you're a teenager, and then you learn some valuable lessons about maybe what, what to share, what not to share. Do you like that idea? 
Well, yeah, I kind of look at it as they were business partners, you know, because when I first read it, I kind of was like, well, that's a kind of an odd thing to do. But in a way, I saw it as business partners. But later, it also says that they were roommates. So isn't that very similar to just having two partners who are cohabitating, sharing a joint bank account for those those needs? But then when from the business side, because they talk about using the money for auditions and things like that. So in a way, it's almost like a joint business account slash joint personal account for you know, living expenses and so forth. So I guess it's not really as strange as it may sound in their particular case. And I guess it was a way to kind of help each other, you know, move forward. So I, I get the benefit of it. I don't think I would share all of my resources with somebody, uh, especially, you know, if they're going to use it for whatever they feel like, because then maybe it's not fair. One person goes and spends it all. I don't know. Um, but I do think that um, in in some way, it kind of made sense for these guys to do it. But it doesn't say whether they were sharing all of their assets together in this one account. But maybe they didn't have much to begin with. And maybe they were. Who knows? I don't know. Let's stick I with think you. they were because they were talking about beer. Remember, they were they said it kind of backfired when they opened it up to the beer, uh, yeah. beer fund. If I did that with my fraternity brothers, there would be no money in that account. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like Paulette in the parties with the cool snacks. Be all be all gone. Uh, Mark, let's stick with you. You mentioned stealing the money. Obviously, we should talk about what could what should go wrong if you decide to share money with your buddy. They could well, steal it. I was trying to think of other things that could go wrong. I mean, I guess steal it is the could is, borrow it, thinking that they would have money later to pay it back and not right. Like, oh, how often is this. that happen? Yeah, yeah, I would think that. Yeah, I mean, if one person was a spender and one person wasn't quite the spender, that could be an issue. Um, certainly, I think from the income side too, because there was a mention of one person getting a very large check for this one movie and that money being deposited into that account. Well, what if one person is getting the auditions and getting all the roles and the other person isn't at all? At what point do you say, Hey, you're cut off. I'm not going to share this money anymore. I guess that could have been the bigger issue really. Yeah. To Len's point, one of them, you said, Len could pull the other one up. What if you trusted them? They got the auditions and they didn't pull you up. Like that would suck. If one of these two guys had made it, that could be, like a boat anchor around your neck. Yeah, that's that's pretty bad. I mean, if that, I mean, but I would think if they both trusted each other to share, re- I hope I would hope the one person wouldn't uh, screw the other person that way. I couldn't see one doing that in in Damon and Affleck's case. As an introduction to the stakes that are here, I want to ask you guys about your history sharing. Let's start with a really straightforward one. I think it's straightforward. We'll see, uh, Len. You and the honeybee, as you affectionately call your spouse, tell me about how you guys share money. Do you share one account? Do you have separate accounts? How does that work? No, everything is shared. I mean, there's just basically a centralized account. The money goes in and it goes out and and that's how it is. What we really do is the money is shared, but the duties for how we allocate that money is separated, the, the, the job. So I've always said I, I treat my household like a business. I'm the CEO, uh, the honeybee is our CFO. And so basically what that does means is I'm in charge of the long-term strategic planning of our finances. And she takes care of all the short-term tactical moves and tracking of our finances. And we meet once a month. We look at our finances together and work that way. But the, all money is shared and spending we discuss and we just, we, we agree on where the money's going and how it will be spent. Mark, and on an episode of The Retirement Answer Man, I think are several episodes that I think will be helpful for a lot of our stackers. You very bravely went on 
that show and spoke about you and your spouse, Marge, who unfortunately a few years ago you lost to cancer. How did you two share money? Yeah, so when we met, we were teenagers. So we basically had joint finances from day one. We started with zero together and we mixed everything together. And, you know, I think about that today with my daughter, for example, you know, her friends who are, you know, maybe they're getting together later in life and maybe they already have assets independently. I'm not so sure that that would work, you know, for everyone, but for us it did because we kind of started from square one or square zero really together. So it made sense and we were always on the same page and we didn't have any arguments or anything like that. But I'm not sure that that is always the best approach for everyone. Do you think about sharing now as, you know, you and Len and I moving up past the 55 speed limit, maybe thinking about sharing some stuff with your kids? Do you think about now sharing assets at all with your daughter? Well, in some ways, I mean, we certainly share conversations about that and she has her own assets and I have my own and we talk about what they are and, you know, she's fortunate in that we saved money for her college since she was born and she actually didn't use all of it. That was one of her decisions. We told her that if you have money left over in those accounts, you get to keep those, which she did. So she has her own assets. So I don't see a need to commingle my assets with hers. But we do have open discussions about those assets and and how to manage those wisely. Paulette, you also did something brave uh, maybe just over a year ago. You wrote about a relationship you had with a longtime boyfriend who turned out that he had a whole nother relationship going on at the same exact time, which I remember even not even you telling me, but you'd already told me about it. And I still got to pit my stomach reading it. Did Mm -hmm. you and him share, because you guys seem very, very, it it seemed like, you know, the relationship. Did you guys share? No. And I mean, and I actually like, I've never really done that. The thing that I've done is like had a split wise with someone more or just like a shared credit card. What what do you mean? Like how to split expenses? Yeah. Like we've mostly like just split expenses. Gotcha. Okay. I've always been pretty independent with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Did you guys hear about like how Jewel's mom stole so much money from her and like put her in debt? So like millions and millions from your own mother. Jewel, the performer Jewel. Yes. I hadn't heard that. Doug, you're nodding your head. Yes. Yeah. I just read about it in the last couple of weeks. You know, her father was not, uh, if I remember the correctly, Paulette, correct me if I'm wrong, but father wasn't the, the best dad in the world. So she really put all her trust in mom and mom was kind of building her up to be, uh, like here, I'm here watching out for you. And then she found out she didn't even realize. I don't think, uh, until Jewel didn't realize until she was you know, like in her thirties or something that her mom had been taking all of her money the whole time. Did I get that right? Paula? She stole a hundred million dollars. A hundred. That's, that's worse than losing a 20 out of your jeans pocket. A little bit. And then I believe she was like, left her like 3 million in debt. Oh my Word. That's well, unbelievable. Like Billy Joel's managers, you know, stealing, stealing from him. I put a bunch in there because I was singing that Jewel in, in high school, baby. Mm. How, how does that work? Jewel's mom steals a hundred million. Jewel doesn't notice that her mom's driving around in Lamborghinis and living in these mansions. A hundred million dollars. How do you not? She couldn't have you know, spent ask it your all. mom. Mom, where are you getting all this money from? Paulette or Doug, you guys know how she got away with that. That that's like a David Copperfield trick right there. How to steal? How do you, how do you steal a hundred million dollars and nobody notices? 
Paulette, I want to get back to this relationship of yours, because I would think that that might even seriously turn you off from sharing with anybody or, you know, I, I would have some ser- some very serious trust issues after that. It was so funny. I definitely like the whole last year had this theme of trust. And one of the things that helped me was like when I went pet sitting for seven months, you know, and like kind of putting trust in people again and in these like small ways. But it was so funny that the guy I'm currently seeing, like he texted me just like something that this other guy used to say using just like a pet name rather than my name. So then I was just like immediately imagining that he's just like copying and pasting it to like three other women, you know, and like I spun out. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, mm-hmm. you've been triggered. Uh, so I had to like send him a voice memo and be like, hi, thanks for that super sweet thing you said. Could you never say that again, please? Because <laughs> um, <laughs> it was rough. I mean, it was really, really rough. And I don't, I don't know. It's the balance of like connection. So I think keeping yourself safe, I have no idea. I don't like have, and that was like a big part of the piece I wrote for Huffington Post about it was like, me and this other woman that he was seeing became friends. And it's like, we didn't have answers about it. You know, we were just kind of walking each other through it. And it was very nice that I met someone who was so amazing and beautiful and fun and caring, so caring and like conscientious. You're talking, with about, my the feelings. Other, you're talking about the other woman now. Yeah. Maybe you should just share with her. Yeah. She and I share a bank account now. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. Trust issues. Uh, Len Mark and Paulette, even for you, um, I'm thinking we talked about getting older and and uh, sharing with kids. But on the other side, Len or, or, or any of you guys, well, Len, let's start with you. Are you starting to have money conversations with your parents? Because often parents get to a certain age and they might want to talk about sharing. You know, what's really funny is my father who passed away uh, a couple of years ago, you know, he was a, a big spender. Uh, he, he was a firm believer in spending everything he got as soon as he got it. He always used to say, I never saw a Brinks truck follow a hearse. So he was going to make sure he didn't die with any money left in the bank. And he was very successful at that, unfortunately. And what's sad is that's all he ever shared with me. And uh, he would never let me see his finances. I asked a couple times if he wanted help. He didn't want help. And that's too bad because uh, I would strongly encourage anybody – you know, to have a conversation with your parents, especially if they're older, because uh, you don't want to get stuck in a situation where like if one spouse dies and the other one is left in a real bad situation. So if you can try and open, I would recommend you try and, and, and ask uh, just to make sure everything's okay. And you can stem off any problems before they manifest. Mark, how about for you, parents around? Yeah, actually similar situation. So my father was kind of the person who was the one who controlled the money, although I would say my mother was probably better with the money. Now he has passed away. And so she comes to me and we talk about things all the time. And he had some poor health towards the end. So actually, even then I was, I was helping out. Was he resistant to talking to you before he passed away? Yeah, I think he just felt that that was his domain and it wasn't, you know, for me kind of old school. That was what he would do. Yeah. But since then, so for instance, my mother has an account at Fidelity and I have accounts at Fidelity as well, but we've opened it up so I can see everything. I can't change a bank account or anything like that, but I can see everything going on. So I would definitely suggest, especially as your parents get older, maybe having access to be able to at least see what's going on, not necessarily transact per se, 
but at least so you know that if there was some cognitive decline and maybe they start giving money away, you would see that before it becomes a real issue. Um, that's not the case for my mom, but she wanted to kind of let me in to be able to see everything. So if she ever had some cognitive decline, there wouldn't, you know, it would be seen by me before it became an issue. We're going to talk after the break about how to do that in a safe way, because our panel already knows there's a safe way to do that and a not great way to do that. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit, but I think that having that agreement that there's going to be somebody else looking Paulette with you and and your mom, you know, it's a total cluster and I'm scared and I don't know what to do. And I'm just like, she'll talk about it. I'm like, I don't, you know, cause I don't want to deal with the reality. What do you mean? I don't know what you mean. You know, I, I always joke that like nobody wants to make a will because it's combining two of our, you know, least favorite things, paperwork with your own mortality, you know? Right. So, you know, my mom's goal is to have assets to leave us. And I don't know. It's a topic I avoid for sure. I mean, I think that's really interesting, Mark, to be like that, that there's a level where you can see, and she's talked about, you know, getting some things in place. And mostly making my brother the executor because he is the responsible one. So we'll see. We are going to take all of these stakes and talk about what to do with them. We'll talk about rules around sharing, about if you share bank accounts, sharing information with other people, building maybe some type of a sharing mastermind, how you communicate. That's after the break. But at the halftime of this show, we have a year-long competition going on between our three frequent contributors It's a trivia competition with all kinds of money and business-related trivia. And uh, this week, Mark, you are sitting in for Team OG, who is uh, away, obviously. Lots of pressure there. Lots of pressure. (laughs) I don't know how much pressure there is because I've got some good news and some bad news. Mark, which one do you want first? I always like bad news first. Well, the bad news is OG is usually, well, not usually, he's often in first place and he is not in first place. He's tied for last now. But the good news is he's only one point out of first place. He's tied with Paulette for second. Paulette and you slash OG have four. Len is in the lead uh, with five. So that's the standings. Let's find out what today's question is. Doug, what do we got? Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we're talking about trusting another person, maybe even enough to share bank accounts. More often than not, married couples share everything, you know, like nose hair trimmers, each other's sentences, sometimes even rides to the hospital. But I'm not sure about that last one. All my dates have told me that was a bridge too far. They weren't doing that. So do couples share everything? That's the subject of my trivia, marriage and banking. My question is, What percentage of married couples have separate bank accounts? Mull that one over. I'll be back right after I ask Joe if I can share his checking account. Come on, Joe, be my Ben Affleck. (laughs) Maybe, maybe later, Doug. Hey, one clarification here that Doug and I discussed ahead of time, we need to make sure you knew. This does not mean they don't have a joint bank account as well. They might have a joint mm-hmm. bank account, but also and. separate bank accounts. So just so you know, it could be in some of these people might have an and, right, Paulette, going on. All right, uh, Mr. Penzo, you're going to kick this thing off. What percentage of married couples have separate bank accounts? Uh, 
That's a good one because I don't have anything like that in my household. So I'm, I'm. Sh- as far as I you am, know. As far as <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> good point. So, sorry. Um, the honeybee buzz off fund. <laughs> right. I, I think it's a high number, actually. I think I, um, I've got to temper it a little bit because just for the gaming strategy, I'm going to say 70%. 70%, Mr. Penzo locks in. Mark, you are second. What do you think about that 70%? That too high or too low? Um, I'm going to go with too high, but I think he's in the ballpark. And I'm just not sure what Paulette's going to do if I do something here. That's why I go in third She's rules. eyeing me. So I'm going to say 69%. Oh! Take the under. We got 70, nice. we got 69. You're a fool, Mark. And How could you do that? What do you think I'm going to do now? Oh, I know. Come on now. Well, you could do 71. Oh, <laughs> I could. You know, Mark, I, I did like you, and now I don't like you. I'm going to do 68. So one oh. of the two of you were getting scrunched. Mark made sure of that. <laughs> yeah. Somebody was getting axed. And unfortunately, Troutman, it's you. Oh, sorry, OG. Sorry. Fell, fell on your own sword. Maybe OG's not. OG's like, you didn't take enough time. You should have thought about it. You should have mathed it out. There was probably some other kind of calculation gonna, that I should have done. You're going to get a call. Yeah, he's going to What's that? Me. Riffing off that old Brian Regan joke. You got to relax, Troutman, when you, when you play the trivia. You got to relax. Uh, I was hoping she was going for 71 and she would box him in. She said, box me in. I, it was basically a flip of a coin, right? Either I got boxed or he got boxed. It, it was going to be one of the two, <laughs> unless you decided to give her a window between the two. Well, I know. And that, can I rewind? Oh, you made the rookie mistake. <laughs> rookie mistake. That'll be for yep. your second time playing, Mark. You'll be able to revise that. <laughs> for now, we're going to do this. Let everybody think about what your answer would have been, and we'll be right back. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested that can increase the potential for compound returns in other words your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread you'll never picture your money in the same way again betterment the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle visit betterment.com to get started investing involves risk performance is not guaranteed Well, if you're new to Stacking Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things. So I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. 
I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. Len, you kick this thing off with 70%. And at the time, that seemed like a really, well, what could, what could happen? <laughs> we would have percentages all over the universe. Maybe one person picks 10, another picks 50, you pick 70. Yeah. We'd all get our own little area. Instead, you uh, started a problem. Well, I, did, I didn't start. Mark's the one who, who he kind of uh, made the rookie mistake there. But I think I'm in good shape now. Although I will say, I think Paulette has the edge just because she has a, she has a much bigger domain of numbers. She's got there. more numbers. Well, I'm, I'm rooting for Len on this one because I, <laughs> I kind of got boxed in. So I'm going with the over. More secret accounts than we I know like about. I like you, Mark. I like you again. <laughs> Len went so high that the other contestants didn't even have to think about the actual, what's the likelihood of married couples having joint? They didn't even think about the, it just became a math problem to them. Paulette, it sounds like also that Mark might be uh, bitter for a little while. Sorry, Mark. That's how it goes. <laughs> I, I, I thought we had a deal. I thought we were talking about this ahead of time. I thought you said you were going to go the other direction. Listen, I you thought get we to were be friends. retired. I no get friend. that I might win trivia. So don't worry. Well, let's see who is right. I think I think this ends awesomely if it's 69%. That would be amazing. But let's see. Doug, what's our answer? Who's taking this one home? Hey there, stackers. I'm Penny Picker-Upper and Piggy Bank Tanker, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. Does getting married make joining funds a given? You're already sharing your life. Is not sharing money an option for some couples? That's what I want to know today. So what percentage of married couples have separate bank accounts? Well, one of our contestants was just 40 points off of the correct answer. Another was 41 points and a third was 42 (laughs) points off. So which was it? Who was the least ridiculously wrong? Paulette guessing 68 is just 40 points off the correct answer, which is 28% of people have separate bank accounts. That's crazy. I'm so proud of myself because 25 was the number that I was going to say, but I decided I would have gone 50. Actually, I was thinking more like 50-50, so you still probably would have gotten it even if I did that. How great is that, though, that so many so couples great. share bank accounts? Well, Paul, <laughs> it's like, it's amazing. It's incredible. But I do. I think, Len, you thought it was even higher than 70, and I mean, what yeah. a great number that that many people say, you know what, we will just have- I'm shocked. Okay, but I don't want not to be Debbie Downer, but it also can be a sign of financial abuse that you're not allowed to have your own bank account. Oh, absolutely. But I think in the vet, and in some cases, I'm sure that that is Paulette, but I mm-hmm. wouldn't say with it being skewed that heavily one way that there's a, you know, that abuse is pervasive across the American landscape. I want to know how many people didn't honestly answer the question. 
<laughs> no, I don't have a separate bank account. No, me no. Um, in London, there were all these uh, tube ads, if you will. And it was like that a bank was saying, you can come in and talk to us about financial abuse, like inviting people to come in. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. So you hope it's not that pervasive, but man, you see like an entire ad campaign like that. And you're like, damn. Sad. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do, Paulette, when you see somebody in that situation? I think make sure they know that's the label and the warning signs of it. You know, a lot of times, like I so wish we taught young people what abuse looks like because there's so many phrases that as a 40-year-old, you now know are cliche, but when you're young and you hear them, you just are like, well, okay, because they're manipulative. What would that be? Give stackers a couple of those. Uh, Like, you know. I can't trust you with money. Yeah. Like, well, you know, you always go spending it or, you know, Psych Central, they have an article being pressured to give money, being kept from work or seeking employment. Like, you don't need to work. I got you, blah, blah, blah. When you like wouldn't be able to take care of yourself, not having access to personal or joint accounts. Yeah. Like, oh, I'll handle the money. Don't worry. Like, what do you need? What do you need? I'll get it for you. Right. Being berated for small spending, having to ask for money for basic needs feeling unworthy or incapable of financial decisions. So kind of just these like light infantilizing phrases like, oh my gosh, you with money, like you don't know, you're lucky I'm here to handle it. Right. And like, if you don't, if you're 18, 19, you might be thinking, yeah, I guess that's true. Right. If you don't have a solid sense of self, you're just like, yeah, I guess that's true. And then only later when you have to go to therapy and rebuild your life, do you see this checklist and say, oh crap, I recognize nine out of 10 of these. Yeah, not a, not a great situation. We will link to, by the way, the piece that you're referencing in our show notes as well, Paulette, if you don't mind sending that to me. Uh, no problem. Sorry. Always here to bring things down, but just want to like have that in the conversation because it's so important. <laughs> no, it, to- it, it, it totally is. And I'm glad we took a moment there because not all sharing is great, right? You start sharing money with somebody and it goes sideways, which is why I wanted to bring up this topic today. Not all sharing is Karen. <laughs> well, for Ben and Matt, might not go as hey, well Hey, what do for you, you call two monkeys sharing an Amazon account? Oh boy. So scared to ask. Primates. That's good. That was a good one, Len. <laughs> Thanks, Paulette. I got some affirmation. Awesome. Uh, Standing ovation from Paulette. Hey, uh, why don't we get this uh, second half of the show moving? People are like, please. I want to dive into some rules around sharing. And I want to start off where we left off with parents and work backwards. Mark, let's go into appropriate sharing with parents and making sure that that there aren't some of the problems. I know that a lot of people say, hey, I'm going to put my name on all of mom's accounts or dad's accounts. And Okay. Do you mind going over why that might be your best option? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. I think it's better to be either a TOD or a POD as opposed to, you know, sharing accounts. I think there's also tax consequences. It could be considered a gift. And TOD means transfer on death or payable on death for POD for people that don't know what that means. Right. So I think it's fine to be a beneficiary of those accounts through those means, but putting yourself on as a joint owner Technically, that could be considered a gift. There are tax consequences potentially. And then if, you know, let's say you're the parent and you put your child on there and the child says, maybe they're not the most astute with money and they start spending mom's account for some reason, right? So that could be an issue. 
So or a I child think, child goes through a divorce or the child gets sued, half of your money is is exactly. susceptible to the lawsuits or divorce. Yeah. Correct. So I think being able to see accounts and helping your parents or vice versa is good, but not necessarily being on the same account. Now that may be a little different. Let's say you have a very young child and you want them to be an authorized user on a credit card because they're away at school and they're good with money. That could be okay. If they're bad with money, that may not be a good thing. Um, but that is something that I've done with my daughter and she has been good with money. And I see those charges when they come through. And if there's anything questionable, I would ask her immediately and say, you know, justify this charge to me. And we haven't had any issues there. But, you know, that might be a reason to kind of share finances, for example. So I guess it j- just listening to you back to parents for a second, then the best thing to do would be to just give them login so they can look at your account, monitor your account. Well, like, so for, and this is the fidelity situation. I'm sure other custodians are similar. You can basically set up different rights to your account. You can be view only. You can have where they can actually transact, but they can't move money out of the account or change a bank account that's associated with the account. So there's different levels of allowances that you can approve. And the lowest level would be just view only. So you can see what's going on, but you can't do anything with that account. And then when you log into your, you know, presumably you both have accounts at that custodian. And in that case, um, when she permitted that, I just saw them. When I log in, I see a list of all of her accounts and I can see what's going on, but I'm not necessarily transacting in there or anything like that. Right. Let's talk about people in a relationship or married. Len, rules of the road for uh, sharing money with a spouse? Well, I I think, I mean, you got to be transparent, right? I mean, so it really helps that you're on the same page with your spending profile. So um, you probably want to make sure that uh, you have some rules set that uh, you have a budget that you're going to stick to. You got a spending limits that you're going to adhere to. You might even have agreements where, Hey, you know, if you're going to spend more than X dollars on a something, you know, you have to, you have to check with your spouse first. I, I think that only makes good sense. You don't want, you know, uh, nothing worse than going a few months and then you find out that a, a, a savings account has been depleted and you're wondering why that is. And you find out it's because your spouse has spent, uh, you know, $2,000 on a new wardrobe or something. I, I don't know, but, or what have you, or, or train, train stuff or if it's, a, if it's a guy, you know, model train stuff, you know, he, sorry, honey, I, I just couldn't control myself. When you say, if it's a guy, do you mean if it's a Len? Is that what you mean? Yes, if it's a Len, <laughs> if it's say, for example, <laughs> the uh, 1995 Model T train set, oh, that'd be cars. Ex- ex- Damn it. Exactly. So, I mean, you have to set up some rules ahead of time about spending limits and how you know, you know, there's no surprises. There can't be any surprises if you're going to share everything. There can't be any surprises, and there has to be total transparency. Yeah, Cheryl and I move very quickly, Len. So we do have separate accounts and a joint account. And most of our money is in the joint account, but we, but we both have our separate money in these accounts. We have access to each other's separate accounts, but we move so f- we're always doing stuff. And I know that the money that's in my account, I have unlimited access to. So we just keep X amount of money and I don't have to ask permission, have a discussion. That money is for my stuff. And so for the things that I pay, but then that joint account, we both are on. But the key for us is this weekly meeting we have. It's a 20 minute meeting. It's very brief. 
We try to keep it fun and it's weekly. I don't like the quarterly summit where it's like, you know, a United Nations meeting <laughs> and it's like six hours long. And one one person in the couple has spreadsheets galore and the other one's bored to tears, right? Mm-hmm. One person, it's like their favorite thing to do. And the other one's like, please, when do we end this thing? We don't want that. We want 20 minutes. Keep it light. Keep it fun. Review the expenses we had last week. Talk about what's coming up next week. And we're done. That is it. That's that's ours too, Joe. We we uh, the honeybee and I. It's monthly. I have the spreadsheet. Huh? That's weird. Which, and, and, well, there's two spreadsheets. I have the strategic spreadsheet that shows all of our assets, all of our investments, how they're doing. The honeybee has the tactical spreadsheet, which is our budget. What's our monthly expenditures? We sit down, and it's probably a 10 minute, 10 15 minute meeting once a month, and it just it's awesome. When we're done. We all feel great, you know, because we see where where we're at, and that's it, and it's done. So it doesn't have to be, you're right, it does not have to be long and complicated. Paulette, I know you've thought about this. If you were ever going to share money with anybody again, what would some of the rules of the road be for you? I said again, you you haven't shared money. What would some of those rules be? I think, like, just a certain amount of, like, spending money that you just get for whatever. Um, I never want to have to ask someone's permission to buy something, So having like my own spending money is really important. But, you know, I mean, if you're making a huge purchase, like, for example, like my coaching students, my like writing coaching students, it's like, they'll be like, I have to talk to my husband first. And I'm like, I totally understand that. That's totally fine. Those big expenses, like I understand couples have to figure that out together. Yeah, absolutely. Is there ever a time when secret money's okay? Um, In any relationship? Can I jump in? I'll say yes. I think so. Like, you know what's a, a real irritant when, you, when you're sharing everything? You can't buy a Christmas present or a birthday present or an anniversary present. It's really, I have to tell the honeybee, don't look at the, I, I took her on a surprise here just last week. I, I, we went to see a great magician out in uh, La Quinta named Jeff Hobson, hat, hat tip to Jeff, fantastic, funny comedian. But I, that was Did a surprise for her. Did you say at the her. La Quinta? I'm sorry. Did you say at the La Quinta? Not at the La Quinta, at, out there in the desert, La Quinta, California. Oh. Uh, Jeff has a great theater out there. And oh my gosh, it's, it's fantastic. I can't say enough about that. But that was a surprise. And for three months, I had to tell the honeybee, don't look, you know, I had to grab the bill and I had to white it out, oh. the charge that was on there. Mm-hmm. So she couldn't see what a pain in the butt that was, you know, it's like, that's a real big disadvantage to sharing everything. Mark or Paulette, secret money Okay. I would agree because, I mean, we shared everything and we had the same issue that Len had where we would see presents that we would buy for each other. And for, you know, kind of security's sake, both of us had credit card notifications like for any charge over a penny just so that we knew if a card was compromised or something like that. So we would actually see those charges from each other. So sometimes you'd be like, can I turn that notification off? Because I want to get you something. And don't look at the statement when it comes and it comes, you know, in the email. So it's even harder not to look at it because it's just an attachment. Well, not really an attachment, but a notification that it's there. And I'm always watching stuff. So she's like, you got to promise me you're not going to look at that. So that is one of the biggest challenges. But the on the other side, it was good that we were always on the same page. We were never buying anything behind each other's back or whatever. And we also had kind of like a rule that if it was over a certain amount of dollars, we didn't have to ask each other, you know, it was, you know, we're not going to say, 
oh, can I go get that $10 item at the store? No, we didn't. We didn't do that. But if it was, you know, a couple hundred dollars or certainly if it was anything over a thousand dollars, it was a big discussion. You know, should we be buying this or not? You never surprised her with the Lexus season to remember, like with the Lexus in the driveway? No, actually, I did one time surprise her with a car. I did do that. This did was you? Well before, oh, you did. This was well before we kind of figured stuff out. This was before we were got serious about the financial independence journey. And uh, yeah, I actually did surprise her with a car. Was so. she happy or was she like that person on SNL who was like, "Are you? what kind of an idiot are you? <laughs> no, she was actually really, really happy with that oh, one. Good. because. So it worked out. I think that's a great place to leave this discussion with the car worked out. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's end it there. Let's find out what all of you have going on where you are. Uh, we'll have our guest of honor go last. Paulette, tell me, it's the end of April. Big stuff coming up in May. Yeah, I have a class on how to be the freelance writer that doesn't get replaced by chat GPT. Which is a big, I got to imagine, a huge topic right now for everybody. Yeah. How do people find you and how do people find that? So um, they will find it on uh, welcometothewriterslife.com. Welcometothewriterslife.com. We'll link to on our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com. Mr. Penzo, thanks for hanging out again. What's going on at lenpenzo.com? Hey, well, I know a lot of people are planting gardens this time of year, trying to save a little money, you know, growing your own food. And uh, it it is a great way to save money if you can get a garden. So I've got 45 tips if you have a brown thumb like I do that uh, will help guarantee you'll have a a really nice vegetable garden this year. So stop on by lenpenzo.com and check it out. I got to read that because I kill a whole new garden every year. Every I've I've tried to do it now for... (laughs) The two years we've lived back in Texarkana again, I tried the garden and uh, yeah, haven't succeeded yet. I blame it on the clay in the soil, but I think it has a lot to do with me. Mr. Troutman, thanks a ton for joining us, man. Oh, it's been great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So what's going on at Mark's Money Mind and and what are you up to this summer? Well, occasionally you'll see a post on Mark's Money Mind. <laughs> oh, I, I actually did just post one yesterday. So there is something there. So this is the year of fun. So I'm traveling a lot. I'm going to three camp fives. I'll see you in Bali this year. So that'll be later in the year. Doing an Alaska cruise, kind of floating around and doing a lot of financial independence events. I'm actually just booked a trip to go back to see my mom uh, this month because I had nothing going on in April. And I said, hey, what better than to go back and see family? So yeah, the year of fun. Fantastic. We'll link to both Mark's Money Mind and the awesome, incredible discussion he had with our friend Roger Whitney on the uh, Retirement Answer Man as well. All right. I think that's going to do it. Man, there was a lot here, but uh, Doug, what's our top three? What should we have learned today? Well, Joe, first, take some advice from our panel before you commit to sharing a bank account with another person. If you're going to do it at a young age, maybe don't share all of your resources with the other person. Second, make sure you have very open communication about how the money will be spent and what happens to any income. But the big lesson, when I walked into my bank and asked them for a joint account, I also told them I needed a special someone to share it with. But it turns out that isn't on their menu of offered services. Opportunity lost, Bank of America. I'm swiping left, B of A, or right. I I don't know, whichever one's worse. 
Thanks to Mark Trotman for hanging out with us today. You'll find Mark at MarksMoneyMind.com. We'll also include links in our show notes at StackingBenjamins.com. Thanks to Len Penzo for joining us today. You can find Len at LenPenzo.com forward slash Sharon is Karen. Thanks to Paulette Perhatch for joining us. Need to make a better impression with your writing? Looking to break into the business of writing? Paulette is ready to be your writing coach. Head to ThatWriterPaulette.com for details. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2023, and is created by Joe Salcihai. Our producer is Karen Repine. This show was written by Lacey Langford, who's also the host of the Military Money Show, with help from me, Joe, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. Kevin Bailey helps us take a deeper dive into all the topics covered on each episode in our newsletter called The 201. You'll find the 411 on all things money at the 201. Just visit stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Tina Eichenberg makes the video version of this show. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude and Kate Yunkin are our social media coordinators, and Gertrude is the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. So, say hello when you see us posting online. To join all the basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com slash basement. Not only should you not take advice from these nerds, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at the Stacking Benjamin Show. Well, Stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric who is such a giving person, Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans. And all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website. Resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life. And Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.
Hey guys, today with the after show, I'd like to talk about either banking mistakes or banking horror stories. Uh, Cheryl just had one yesterday. We are preparing to go on this uh, pretty epic trip to Europe that Doug, I won't stop talking about forever. So I'll probably talk about 87,000 times. So you'll hear about that more, but she was headed into the bank when she was there, there was an older gentleman in the bank who was just grilling the poor woman at the desk. They have these cool things at our bank where, you know, it's kind of like um, more innovative banking where they have these tables in the lobby and it seems like a very comfortable lobby. I know that Capital One does something like that with their centers around the country. They have, you know, coffee and all kinds of of things at, at that bank. But anyway, they're standing at this table and the guy's really loud saying, so how much do you insure of my money? How much of it's insured? She's like $250,000 per type of account that you have. Are you in any of that crypto? Cause if that crypto goes <laughs> under that, that, that is your bank going to go under? No, sir. We just do traditional banking. We don't have any crypto. So are you doing the stuff that those banks out in California are doing? (laughs) The whole bank. She was like, I felt so bad for the woman. Like, don't get me wrong. It's nice of him to ask the questions, right? Is my money safe? That's good. Is my money safe? However, I think yelling at the poor woman about the crypto might not have have been the best way. So that's, that's a little banking horror story since we were talking banks and bank statements and sharing. Anybody got one? I was thinking about this the other day. So I went into a very large bank who has been in a lot of trouble recently and frequently. Might have a stagecoach. Might have a stagecoach. I was going to use that. I wasn't sure whether I should uh, (laughs) mention that. But yes, there was actually a little mini stagecoach in the the lobby. Go figure. But anyway, so I had to change some account titling and things like that. And we have a trust and so forth. First of all, I had to call to make an appointment with the banker. So then it took like three days to get the appointment. I go in. It's a junior banker who had probably just started working there. And literally, I was there for almost two hours filling out paperwork. Oh, meanwhile, no, all my really? online banks, meanwhile, all the online banks, I did it in like, you know, all they said is send a death certificate. We can retitle it as you need it. And it's done. And then the funny thing is, so I get done with all of this and I'm thinking, oh, boy, that was horrendous. Two days later, I get a phone call. Yeah, I, we, we filled out some of the paperwork incorrectly. You'll need to come back in. Mm. And of course, everything had to be notarized and everything. It was just a, uh. a nightmare. So I think what happened is that that institution, because they're now trying to you know dot their I's and cross their T's, they're almost, I don't want to say going overboard, but it just seemed no. like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, what happened was you only got five new bank accounts, Mark, and they need five more <laughs> so they get the spiff. <laughs> At the end of the thing. Yeah. Do you want a debit card with that? Do you want a Visa card with that? (laughs) (laughs) Come on. How about five Visa cards? I had a similar experience, but much less traumatic in the sense of the reasoning. But, you know, when when your kid is pretty young, you open up a bank account, a savings account for them when they're whatever, two, three years old, and they're getting gifts from grandma for Christmas. And so opened up an account and that just kind of played itself out all the way through high school and college. And then when it was time for him to go off on his own. He wanted to be a big, big boy now and have a separate account. Same kind of thing, Mark. It took, we had to go in and see a human. There was apparently a way to do it. I called up and there was a way to maybe do it remotely, but 
it was going to be really, really difficult. By this point, my son's already living in Chicago. I'm living in a different place, not near a, a branch. So we had to meet where we used to live and then go into uh, a branch, and it took three hours. It took three hours to get his name off, my name off of his accounts and have him open up a new account. It just, it was, it was other than that, I've had pretty good luck with this bank, but that was remarkably painful. Paulette, Len, you guys got one? I mean, I just, you know, I went in to try to make a withdrawal and I'm actually not going to joke about that. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to make <laughs> a bank and robbing you went joke. Into but like we had like kind of a local traumatizing, like a lot of people died during a bank robbery. So I'm not going to. <laughs> My next door neighbor was a bank robber when I was a kid. Really? Yeah. In yeah. real life. In real life. You know, incredibly normal guy. He was probably, I'm guessing I was a, I was sort of a middle teenager when all this was happening, but I remember being out in the yard working on some stuff with my dad and, and the neighbor was kind of on his side mowing his lawn and his face is all beaten up. And my dad asks him, wow, you know what happened? And he says, oh yeah, I got carjacked in Detroit. At that time in Detroit, that was, I was like, oh yeah, that happens. Don't you hate when that happens? (laughs) In Detroit, that was like, what is it? Tuesday? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we just let this horrible thing happen. Well, it turns out the guy had a major gambling problem and he, somebody came and tried to collect. So all of that's going on in the background for years. And then finally he's trying to pay off his debts and he goes into the branch, not far from our house. And he asks for a very specific amount of money, like only what he owed. I need, you know, $12,385. He gets that. But then he goes back and robs the bank again. The same branch, like six months later, goes into the same thing. Now they know who he is. Like, they know his face, but he he gets away with that one, too. Goes back a third time. And as he's getting out of his car, they see him getting out of his car, and they're pounding on the alarm button before he can even make it in oh. the door, practically. And his son was a county sheriff. Mm, and, really? Yeah. And he ended Son up going of, to uh, oh like a boy. minimum security and ended up dying there. Wow. That's a horror story for a lot of people. Well, there was, an, a, there was a horror story for me one night. I was up very late. It was like, you know, 2 a.m. That what, What's that Jerry Seinfeld joke? Everything's asleep, but, but your thumb clicking the, okay. clicking the thing, going to the next channel, looking for something good. And I found world's dumbest bank robbers. The third bank robber they were talking about in the show. It was fascinating. But the third one, it was my hometown, Vicksburg, Michigan. Yeah. It was my, my hometown was one of the dumbest bank robbers ever. These two idiots decided that the, they need the getaway car. And if you go in the bank, they might lock you in. So they decided to rob the bank at the drive through which has <laughs> glass that you can't shoot through. <laughs> And you can't get through. And so they they told them to leave the money in. And the woman sat there acting like, and the manager acted like, uh, the two ladies acted like they were putting money in the thing and getting the money together after they, of course, pressed the button and cops got on both sides of the car and dudes went to jail. I don't know if that sounds as stupid as my neighbor. (laughs) 